My top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you listen. Don't worry about change ups, the cast won't break up. Even with that million dollar contract, show up a stand up guy who's a stand up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So, welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the app? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of. The Mundane Festival Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lamberth, recording this episode for Sunday, July 22nd, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Give this show a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it. Because... It's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival. Subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 661. There's no guess. It's just me. Sitting here in my apartment at my desk on a late Saturday afternoon. I don't even know if you call 6 o'clock the afternoon. Late afternoon? Or it's approaching the evening? I don't know, guys. I don't know. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have my sundial on me. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if that even... Anyway, so I'm here doing a podcast alone on a beautiful... Saturday. How about that? Beautiful Saturday. What did I do? I went to see, I, I got up early, ran some errands, um, went to the post office, went to the dry cleaners, and went to see Oppenheimer. I went to a 1030 screening. Because it's AMC, that means it's a 1050 screening because uh, there's 20 plus minutes of previews. And I saw that. I'll talk about it um, later on in the show. And, um, I walked around the mall. I got some sunglasses. Got myself some nice aviator Ray-Bans. I went to the I went to the sunglass hut in the mall and uh, after the movie and uh I I like them a lot. I haven't had a pair of Ray-Bans since maybe I think since I graduated college. And I don't think I invested too much money in shades. They've kind of just been gas station shades. Shades that I really, I don't wear shades that much, just really when I'm driving. Uh, but I've spent so much money on these ones that I bought uh, that I think that I'll, that I'll wear them inside the house. Um, but they're good. I really like them a lot. I, there's these like aviator reverse lens thingies. I, I for some, I think I clicked on, I clicked on a Ray-Ban ad and then I've just been inundated with Ray-Ban 
uh, propaganda for about four or five days. And then something told me, I need to get some shades. I need to get some Ray-Bans. So then I, I like a lemming, I uh, went to the sunglass hut. It's so weird, though. I was, I had not, I go to the mall to go to the movies. That's my main, the main time that I go. I, I kind of, I liked walking through the mall. There's a part of me, most comics can be really, we can be really re- reclusive. We can be very uh, misanthropic and just kind of want to be off to ourselves and and stuff like that. But um, it was good being around people. And I liked, as long as they, you know, as they were just, just people, you, you think of like after COVID, you, you, I kind of missed that hustle and bustle. It was like around maybe close to two in the afternoon. And uh, it was just good seeing people at the food court milling about families together. And it just felt, it just felt good. Capitalism feels good, you guys. And don't let any other podcast tell you that it doesn't. All right. (laughs) But it was, it was just nice. But one thing though, I knew there was a sunglass hut. The Garden State Plaza is the biggest mall in New Jersey. Prior to, uh, the um, American Dream Mall being built, which I still have not been to yet. I've driven past it several times and not been in there. I used to like malls when I was a kid. Just don't really care for them as much as I used to. But I was looking on the directory. I was looking at men's men's uh, accessories, women's accessories in the directory. Could not fucking find it. But I looked it up on my phone and I just I, I just called the store and I just asked, I said, where are you guys located? She said, well, we're at, at the food court. We're like, if you go down where the food court is and you go past it a little bit, we're on the left. And I was like, bet. So I went down there and I was looking at the shades that I had researched online the night before. And I saw them. I was like, okay, it's not, you know, not bad. I like, I like how these look. And then I saw another pair of the same type that I wanted, the same, a similar, the same type, just a different color. I said, oh my God, these are beautiful. But they were like, they were maybe $15 or $20 more. And I said, could you just tell me the difference, the sales girl? I don't know how old this, I think she was like in her early 20s, but she looked young. And she was, she's a cute girl. And um, she, the, the, the sunglass hut was, was pretty lit. I would say it was, it was pretty lit. It was on a Saturday afternoon, people coming in. And, uh, and I said, she said, let me check and see if we have these. I said, I'll take these. You just clean them up for me. I'll, I'll, I'll get these because I don't, I, you know, I'm going to be driving and stuff all for the next few days. So I just, I need them. And, uh, she cleaned them up for me and she said, I don't really, can't really see what the real difference is. I think maybe they're just bigger frames and bigger lenses probably. And then I th- feel like she upsold. She didn't really. I feel like she kind of got me on the protection plan. They have a 13 month protection plan. So I paid an extra 20 bucks. And then as I was getting about to get rung up, this woman comes in and she says, can I can I can these be fixed? Because these melted. And I was like, oh, my God. And like they melted while she was at the beach 
on her face. I don't know. I think maybe they were defective or something. But I think they said they do fix those, but just they don't really fix them on the weekends. So that's that's the Sunglass Hut policy. Uh, I guess because it's just too insane uh, during the weekend because people are coming in, buying them and buying shades and stuff. But I hope mine uh, lasts a long time. Uh, but I, I did have a pair. I think they were like, uh, they weren't necessarily, uh, this is around the time, you know it's old when it's like 20 years ago. I think one of the men in blacks were out. And uh, it was the kind, the kind of shades that Will Smith had. But I don't think they were. I maybe paid a hundred bucks for those, and I used to just keep them in my car. I think maybe I lost them or, or something. I don't know what happened to those, but I did end up having them for a long time, and then since then it's just been like, gas station shades. So, yeah, I did. I I'm happy with that purchase. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. I've never been a real shades guy. But only when I'm driving. So I'm excited about that. That that that's that was uh, one of the highlights of my. It would be pretty. I don't know how sad it would be if that was a highlight of my week. Fuck it, it was. I enjoyed it. Um, I I like that purchase. Um, I did do some stand up comedy this week. Shout out to um, Gabe Pacheco and Samir Nassim who run the Funhouse Comedy Show at Pete's Candy Store. I did that show. I made my triumphant return after two attempts to do that show since the pandemic. December of 2022, nobody came, no audience. Hardly nobody was at the bar. There was no show. It was one of those, hey man, it was packed last week. But most of the time they have a crowd. And that that had never happened. You know, prior to the, to the pandemic, I used to do that show all the time, even when they were in a, a different location and it was Christmas time. So nobody was there. Then the second time was a couple of months ago. I want to say in June. Yeah. I want to say, I want to say June. I was supposed to do it. I was supposed to have another crack at it. And then we had the Canada forest, the Canadian forest fire haze weather alert shit that happened. So I said, I'm not going in that. Um, and they ended up and they ended up canceling the show, and so they re- he rescheduled me. Thanks to Gabe, appreciate that man. And I had a good time. It was good. I saw a couple of comics I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, shout out to Herbie Gill and Ryan Connor. Um, and the show was okay. I had an okay set. It was fine. I didn't bomb or anything, but I think sometimes it's. Sometimes when you go to those unpaid shows, I don't think the crowd gives a fuck and they're not invested. They get up throughout up throughout the show when somebody finishes or they don't think you're good. <laughs> somebody doesn't think you're good or another comic. It was just kind of weird. And uh, I was like that. I guess that's just like what happens. I know that the it's just it's just changed a lot. Uh since the pandemic. So I don't know how many other shows are like that, but, uh, I ended up, I ended up doing okay. And, um, then I hung out with some comics, some more comics that I hadn't seen in a while, shot the shit and then just, uh, came home. And then on Thursday I had a show at Gotham. I made my triumphant return to Gotham comedy club. I think that was the first time 
that I had gone up since the pandemic, I want to say. Yeah, because I, I think that, uh, yeah, I went to the Christmas party that they had earlier this year. Uh, most comedy clubs do uh, Christmas parties and stuff in early January after New Year's. And it's really cool. You get to see all, a bunch of comics and you get to try to talk to each other over loud music. And it was it was good time. So I was a so I don't I think the last time I had done a show out there, I was maybe in a doing the the vintage lounge so i was doing this show this was like a taping for anyway i just did this show and uh you could only do you could do clean you had to be clean and um so i prepped the material and tried to make sure i didn't curse those of you that have seen my stand-up i'm not like a super dirty comic but I, sometimes i curse and i was just kind of like oh boy don't want to screw this up and the owners were there and I, man, I smashed it like an Idaho potato in the words of the artist formerly known as uh, most deaf. I fucking crushed. And I would say that I had the set of the night and uh, it felt good because that crowd, it was fucking packed. People who paid for a ticket, people who paid to be there. Uh, who didn't get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of your setups. Uh, it was good. I really had a good time. I It was, uh, it was uh, great. So that, that restored my faith in me doing this. I don't, I, my faith was, not, was never really... My faith in doing this was never a question the night before. But it felt good to have a really, really strong set in an environment like that when when all when it's when uh it's for all all the marbles it wasn't necessarily for all the marbles but it was just one of those like yeah yeah like i've been watching this uh i've watched that netflix series quarterback that peyton manning produces um on netflix i think i said it was on netflix but it's patrick mahomes um, Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota, and it just documents their whole season, uh, last year's NFL season. And, uh, that show was very good. I'm a sucker for that. Like I'm, I'm not the biggest, um, reality TV fan. Like I used to watch the real world and road rules and stuff like that. But my, I don't, I'm not really into it now. Um, but I love sports documentaries, uh, and, and and football is is can be is some of the best. I thought this shit should have just been about Patrick Mahomes, but I think they wanted to show different levels of quarterbacks, like somebody that was uh, elite, somebody that was on the cusp of being elite, or somebody that was a good quarterback, you know, and then somebody who's been a journeyman like Marcus Mariota who had success in college, all of it's pretty compelling, but there's, you notice a drop off when they're talking about Patrick Mahomes and his trainers. I've never seen anybody with this skill. I've, we're doing all these workouts and I've never, I've never seen anybody in my life. I've trained all these players. I've been in the business for years and I've never seen. And then you cut to Kirk cousins in his like trophy room where he's like, yeah, I used to be in elite club when I was in college. (laughs) And his and his wife picking out his clothes from like fucking Patagonia and shit. 
Like, it's like, all right, okay, there, there's definitely a drop-off. But um, all the shit's endearing. I ate it all up, but I was there for uh, Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes, like, yeah, he's, he's an amazing player, but he's mic'd up. And so he's like, it, it made me love him even more. He's like talking shit to uh, the opposing players when they cheap, cheap. Sh- I don't want to, I don't want to give anything up, but if you look at my Twitter, like I don't tweet that much. So I was tweeting about this show last week, but he was, uh, it was, it was fucking great. Um, it was really good. So I recommend that. And one part, I, I know I'm going to a TV wreck, but. There's one part that really got me. Spoiler alert: the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and Patrick Mahomes is celebrating with his his wife and his kid, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta go talk to my dad. I gotta go talk to my dad." And he goes over to his dad and hugs him, and his dad like just hugs him. He's like, "He's like, I ain't never seen nobody like you. You different, man. You different." And that was just like a beautiful moment, and it just reminded me of like my dad, because my dad used to say that. My dad used to say that when. I was playing baseball, but he would say that to the other kids too. He's like, ain't nobody like you. Ain't nobody like you. That was like a thing that made me think of my dad. But one thing, my dad was actually one of my biggest fans. He had to be won over because he did want me to play football. He wanted me to play sports. My mom always tells a story about when we were getting ready to see your plays in high school, I would be excited and anxious to get there on time. And your dad would say, oh, it ain't going to be nothing. But but he, he I think he was just kind of rebelling towards me being in theater. But he was there at all the shows. But I think what won him over was I've, I've probably talked about this before. But what won him over was me being in this show called The Misanthrope. This is another poke high moment that I talk about a lot. But he always would always point back to. Man, when I saw you in that play, you were in that tuxedo and you were speaking in that that verse in that language and like you know, like I he was like, yeah, he's like he's like at first I was like, man, he, I I knew you were good, but I'm looking around. I'm looking around at all these white people staring at you like where did they get this nigga from? And I think that's what <laughs> that's what he said to me. Like when he first saw me in that show. So I'll, I'll never forget that. And then I think after that, I mean, after that, he was sold. But he all would always support me. But he would just say, you know, if you really wanted girls, you could just play football. But um, he, after that, I mean, he already dedicated his life to to making sure I had everything that I needed. But I, but he just continued to do that and and made a way for me and as as did my mother um but that moment was really profound for me and you don't see like i i'm a product of having you know a, a great black dad um and it doesn't get highlighted enough i mean we joke about it and stuff but there are black dads out there that are doing the work and to just see it at that high level of now a now two time Super Bowl winning quarterback and his dad is just like uh seems to be a hundred percent himself and authentic and to just embrace his son and just was like he's like, Man, I ain't seen nobody like you. You you different and like it's fucking beautiful. That's the only thing I'll that I'll spoil unless you look at my Twitter timeline. Uh but yeah, that was really fucking good. 
and I, I don't know, I, I kind of jumped on this early when I was just thinking about like, yeah, like I, I showed like when I have a good, a really good set like that, it's like, yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah. This is, this is who I am. And cause I, I know I had worked on those jokes. I know that they're good. I worked in them in bars. I worked in them on them on the road and clubs all across wherever they gave me stage time and, um, close with a new one. So, so that was really neat. That was really cool to get to, to show my skills in on a, on a big stage like that in New York city. Um, and, uh, yeah, so this, so this, this past week was, was good in that regard. Did some comedy, got some shades. Um, and uh, last week, um, I went to another concert. I went to go see one of my favorite artists, Nick Hakeem, at the LeVon Helm Studios in Woodstock, New York. Um, LeVon Helm was a, a drummer, a, a rock and roll Hall of Fame level drummer, who um, was a part of this uh, group called The Band. And they're really famous. I'm not going to act like I know all of their work, but he's a famous musician. And this studio, uh, it was his studio where, you know, artists record and stuff and they have concerts, uh, there seems like they have a year round and it's like in the middle of nowhere, uh, New York. This is, I, I don't, I forget what I, what, what I said last week about, uh, <laughs> about the Erica Badu show. One of my homies hit, we were talking and he's like, yeah, you know, you were talking about, cause he, he knows the situation behind all of that. And he was like, yeah, you know, I was wondering how much you were going to say on the podcast. So I, I, I think I did listen back, but I don't remember, I don't remember what I said, but, um, I had gotten these tickets, uh, in mind for somebody that I was seeing at the time. And we ended up, we're not seeing each other. We're not dating anymore. And so I was like a baby crying somewhere um, or just some kid outside. Um, and so Justin Williams, who I got to get back on the show, uh, he went with me to Erica Badu and the homie J.L. Covan went to this show with me at LeVon Helm Studios. And he had never heard of Nick Hakeem before. And uh, after the show, he was like, you know, I, like he was good, but like, I don't really understand everything he was. I was like, well, I, I get it. He's kind of like that, but he's kind of a, a, a light skinned D'Angelo. And he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But he was, Nick Hakeem was uh fantastic. Um, he did about an hour or so. And, uh, yeah, it's just really smooth. I was, I was up front, I had front, we had front row seats and, uh, it was like a nice cozy, cool place um there's just a really cool venue um pretty romantic if uh you ask me it would have been if i you know whatever but it was it was it was really nice um uh, and um i just gotta get his 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 opener uh let me see let me see let me look, go to instagram but yeah it was really nice i had i had this was like my second time going to Woodstock the first actually my first time going there intentionally intentionally 
uh, uh, because I had one time I was I'm trying to think what town. Like, I think it might have been Phoenicia, New York. Um, I think it's Phoenicia, New York, that had this diner that I went to to, to check out. It, it was pretty good. Um, let me make sure I got her name. Maram Ladson opened for him. She's a singer-songwriter. I believe from Spain and she moved, moved to the, moved to uh, New York city recently. She opened, did some songs. She was good. And it was just like a nice, it was a nice time. It was really, really good. I don't know who I want to see next. There's so many people performing now the summertime. So it's, it's kind of, I know I'd, I'd like to see um, Madison McFerrin, I like to see Little Dragon, Thundercat would be nice, but I gotta, I'll figure out the next one. I, I want to go to at least a couple more before the end of the year. I would like to, um, yeah. So it ended up just being really, really fun. Nick Hakeem is great. If you get a chance to see him, do it. I I had met him ten years ago, maybe if you whatever. Whatever the if you deep dive on my Instagram, I know I always say that, but somewhere there's a, a picture with Anna Wise, who was in this band called Sunny Moon. Now she's a solo act, but she was with this guy Dane Orr. Um, and they had this band called Sunny Moon. They re- did a really cool uh, cover of Houston Atlanta Vegas, uh, one of Drake's records. Um. And they did a show at Mercury Lounge and Nick Hakeem opened for them. And I got to talk to him briefly for a little bit after the show. Um, so it had to be over 10 years ago. And he's like famous. He's, I would say he's he's famous to me. He is. And he's like traveling the world and doing making kick ass music and crushing it. Um, so it's nice to see. Mercury Lounge is a really good place to see up and coming acts like that. Um, I've been there a few times, and I remember, and a cele- another a celebrity was in the audience, Emily King, who's also a terrific singer songwriter. She has a new album that just came out not too long ago. I figured they were friends because she. I watched this piece on her, on CBS about her making her new album. And she lives up there somewhere in New York. Not If it's not Woodstock, it's pretty close. And also another one of my favorite artists. The reason why I was kind of drawn to go see him up there was the fact that a couple years ago, might have been 2017, I know it was before the pandemic, uh, Rachel Yamagata, who I've talked about a bunch of times, she did a show at Daryl's house. And it was just some random night that... Uh, I couldn't sleep and I was just happened to be online and I saw Rachel post that she on Instagram or something that she was going to be there. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to go. So I got a ticket and went and it was fucking great. It was rich. She had a great set. It was like a very intimate setting. And that's in Pauling, New York, which is 
no, nah, I think too far from Poughkeepsie, not that far from from Westchester. Let me see how Daryl's house. Daryl's house. And that was kind of like a once, not necessarily like a once in a lifetime thing, but like artists like that, they don't usually, you know, they're not, they're not really doing stuff at a venue like that a lot. At least the people that I like, you know, would do some. So it's, it's about 70 miles from me where I live. And I'm trying to, so it's not far from Poughkeepsie because I'm looking at like Wappinger's Falls, uh, anybody that fish kill, anybody that knows. I mean, <clears throat> this is more upstate. This is way more upstate New York than, than, than like Westchester. But I don't even know if people would co- really consider that to be upstate New York. But I know, excuse me, water break. I, I know that I had gone, I'd gone up there like, after work so it wasn't that far from my job and i remember having a really good time there so i figured this will be a good time to see an artist that i really like in an intimate setting uh so it was a great time and i'm really glad to have friends like jl and justin to hold me down both of them um made me uh feel good feel good about myself and other things while i was just kind of in a that was that was just really a not that great of a week for me. And uh just those dudes in their presence was really good. So I thank them, but I I it really um it really means a lot. Um yeah, it's good to have friends like that that make you feel good when you're when you're down. And then then dudes are just like, just fucking <laughs> get over it, Chris. Fucking get over it. Just me being too sensitive and fucking hard on myself. And I was thinking about this, like how far I've come, like just being here for like in New York for almost 16 years. I want to say something like that. Yeah. And it, it like to get here and not to know anybody and to have this, this community of people uh, artistically, uh, that I know and, and that I get to do these shows and, and do things, hang out with and do stuff with. It's pretty remarkable to me. I, it's not lost on me that the guy doing the that does the theme song, that did this theme song for this podcast, this small but mighty podcast, Don Will, is a great MC, really talented guy. And he's he did the fucking theme song of my for my podcast. I remember when I was moving here, listening to Brooklyn Addy, like, oh, these guys are fucking cool. And then I I have the dude's phone number and he did a song for my fucking podcast and didn't ask for much uh, to do it. Um, So it's a lot of this shit is not lost on me. And sometimes you got to remember that sometimes you have to remember instead of like, you know, bitching and complaining about what you don't have and what's not right about your life. Um, But what is right about it? You know, you have good friends. You get to do comedy. You're good at it. You got some new shades. And a pretty girl kind of upsell upsold you a little bit when, you know, but whatever. 
Um, so yeah, that was that was really fun. I don't know how long, how long have I been going? Been what are, what are what are we at on time? I gotta go do a show. I gotta host a show in Rutherford. Um, so yeah, overall, like I yeah, really thankful for those dudes um, uh, to hold me down like that. Um, Jamie Foxx is back. He posted, I don't know if it was late last night or when I woke up this morning, he posted on his Instagram thanking everybody, uh, for the kind words and all that. I'm, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he made it through the other side of whatever the fuck was going on with him health wise. Cause he's, he's, a when you talk about a generational great, he's, he's one of them, one of the most talented people walking the earth. When it comes to show business, um, I always say that like, yeah, he won the Oscar for Ray, which he was great and he deserved it. But one of my favorite performances of his was Collateral. I just really loved the the subtlety of that performance. Great stand up, great singer. But that that film was just like just like a high level, like just like a top tier show. Just really fucking terrific um yes i'm glad he's back i started they cloned tyrone uh so i'll probably finish that maybe later on tonight when i get back from the show wind down and watch it it's it's good so far but i I almost wish that i didn't start it but i just there's just so much this is just the summertime like i didn't i'm kind of glad that it's like this in a way but like there's like a shit ton of content and there's a shit ton of movies out now that I'm just trying to keep up like I was so blessed to have fun, had and had to have a a show cuz I'd bought a I'd bought a ticket for uh Oppenheimer at this small theater uh in 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 like this little small town in Jersey that has a really nice theater but it wasn't IMAX and then I had I'd already paid for the ticket, and then I got asked to do this sh- the show at Gotham. I was up. Like, oh, I would rather obviously live my dream than go see this movie that I can see anytime really. So I, that was a no brainer. But I was like, damn it, I bought that ticket, and uh, I'm gonna so Patreon folks, you're gonna you're gonna get a a letterboxed dump from me sometime if not. Sunday, you'll get it this week, but I, I am like super busy this week, but you will get, you will get some more stuff for your month's allotment. But, uh, yeah. Um, where was I? There's so much. So like Oppenheimer, I wanted to see theater camp, which I did see, uh, Barbie's out. I guess now I have to see Barbie. I didn't really have much of a inclination to see it but it's gonna it's a big it's a big time movie and it's i would not be surprised if it uh beat oppenheimer because when i went to the movies on friday friday to see theater camp it was packed it was packed in there for barbie not for theater camp it's me and like 10 other people but for uh barbie like it was a sea of people in the concession lines waiting to get snacks and it was like that this morning with like people taking pictures in that little toy box thing uh and it's Greta Gerwig and I like Greta Gerwig and I like Margot Robbie so I will see it it'll probably be like next week 
maybe when all the hoopla has died down. Oppenheimer I had to see because I'm like Christopher Nolan. And I'm thinking like, yeah, what are you doing, Chris? You want to see this in IMAX. So um, it's just so much. And then there's stuff coming out on streaming. It's it's getting to be a lot. But for the movies, I had to keep up because uh, Talk to Me is next week. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking to get some people that you know and love to talk about some of those movies with. Um, but for now, you just have me. Uh, so I liked quarterback. I liked the Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger doc on docu docu series on Netflix. I thought that was good. What a life that guy lived. Had is lived continues to live. Um, that was really good. And then what else? Like Grownish. I started the after party. Uh, which came out premiered like last week. It's 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 fine so far, but I, I just I need to. I'm probably gonna end up rewatching the first part of the f- first episode of season two. I like all those people on that show. Um, I started watching Full Circle. That's in the second week. They do two episodes a week, so I think it's probably gonna be over. Uh, the Soderbergh series. I'm a sucker for crime dramas. Oh, sorry, that's my alarm. Um, I was supposed to be napping, but I decided to do this podcast because I am a real, um, I'm a real, uh, I care about you guys. So that's why the alarm went off. I forgot to turn it off. Uh, I'm doing this before my show. Um, yeah, so hopefully, where was I with that? I was doing that, blah, blah, blah tv full circle it's good so far it's a mini series so i'm i i love that kind of shit i'm a sucker for the crime dramas cops detectives all that shit intrigue intrigue plots to bring disaster that's uh from uh magic to do from the musical pippin Oh boy. Um that another Polkai moment. I was in high school. That was my freshman year. I had just gotten cut from the baseball team. <laughs> I had just gotten cut from the baseball team. That we were doing a drill and the coach who was also the religion teacher threw the ball at me. Not like he just we were doing a drill, he threw it at me. And the ball hit the tip of my glove and cracked me in the forehead. So that wasn't, I did, they guys made fun of me about getting hit. And I got cut on the last day. But I had auditioned for the spring musical and Pippin, for Pippin. And I got one of the principal roles, Char- Charlemagne or Prince Charles. Uh, before before uh, Leonard. Uh, took the name I played King Charlemagne in uh, Pippin and this I remember somebody telling me an upperclassman telling me oh they don't really give lead parts to freshmen but they had uh, we had a new we had a new teacher there was a new theater teacher and she didn't give a shit she just picked who she thought was the best person for the part and she picked me and um, I had this great vocal coach and musical director Barbara Sutton, 
who got me right vocally and it was a hit it was a smash hit play um i crushed it um war is a science with rules to be applied which good soldiers appreciate i don't know the i forget the lyrics um the army of the enemy is stationed on the hills, so we got to get them down here, and this is how we will. The bowmen on the hills. I, I don't remember it, but I, I remember I was pretty good at that. As, and, and, then, and then the men go marching out into the fray, conquering the enemy and carrying the day. Hark, the blood is pounding in our ears. Jubilation, we can hear yeah whatever i mean those are those are some moments i remember a little bit of it you know i crushed it in that role um yeah so i don't know how i got on to singing the musical tunes but yeah tv's pretty good um let's do some music and talk a little oppenheimer i just got a, a text from someone you know and love who i reached out to and that person said they're seeing it on Tuesday, so maybe we get we get something for the Patreon folks. We'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm just just letting you in. That was that was breaking the fourth wall, breaking the curtain. Uh, but we we'll see what happens. Um, okay, so music. Let's do some music. Just one one album that I'll talk about. Nas, Magic Two. This is what is this the, is this the fifth. Hit Boy Project. Do we want to say King's Disease, King's Disease 2, Magic, King's Disease 3, Magic 2, 1, 2, 3. This is the fifth project with Hit Boy. Do I like this better than Magic? I don't know. I think Magic, the original Magic is, is better. But does that not mean that this is like a, this is an A-level album, above average album? Of course it is. Is Nas in my top five MCs? No. Is he one of the greatest rappers who's who's ever lived? Yes. I was texting one of my friends. I asked him, did he listen to the Nas yet? Like I was like listening to it when I when I got up. I was like, this is good. This is no real, there's no like drop off. I feel like I said this the last time when King's Disease 3 came out. King's Disease 3 came out around November, November of last year. We've never seen anything like this. And this is, you know, I got on my Dan Lebatard as if he were talking about Aaron Rodgers or whoever else he might be enamored with. We've never seen anything like this before. This is five straight albums from a guy that's uh, almost 50. He's 49, so he'll be 50 in a couple months. September 14th is his birthday. We've never seen anything like this. I feel like, and I told my friend, I said, I feel like he's making history right in front of us. I got to figure out, remember what that, what that text was, because it, it sounded pretty cool when I wrote it. And he, he emphasized my text. Let me see. Yeah, so I, I said, it's like, I said, cool. I just listened to it once. I like it. Not sure if it's 
if I like it better than one, but it's still very good. It's like he's making history in real time. That's, I mean, I think we are all, we're all doing that, but just like artistically, he is doing that. We've never seen anything like this before. So it's almost like we won't really, I don't even know how much we can really appreciate this until it's a few years down the line. This now five album run with this, with working with Hit Boy and this just being really terrific work. Um, I saw some people, people that I follow, people that I like on Twitter, kind of hating. This is doing five of them with the same guy. You know, there are other producers. Hey, man, I think some of the best albums, hip hop wise, are usually best when it's like just one a dude and a guy, just one one guy, just two dudes, producer, rapper. We're doing all the beats. He's doing all the beats. You're doing the raps. We've just never seen anything like this. And it's pretty fucking... Rem- it's, re- it's remarkable. It's remarkable. I, I, think it's, I think it's just really good. No features. Just two features. 50 Cent. 21 Savage. Like 21 Savage kind of like talked shit about him. Or kind of said some sideways shit. After one of the projects. And, and then Nas like, hey, let's do a song together. Instead of being like, fuck you, man. You know, he did a song with him. 31 minutes, easy to listen to. It passed, it definitely passed the car test. I was driving around uh, last night. I listened to it and was listening to it uh, this afternoon, earlier this afternoon. It's, It's just good. He's one of the greats, man. And it's just at this at this high level where, you know, a lot of the the, the rappers that I like that are kind of like in my top, my my favorite rappers that I listen to all the time. You know, they're I think I think they're they're really amazing, but the pressure, I don't know how much pressure is on them like it is for a guy like Nas who. And I and and then this this gives me another another opportunity to just talk about like black black genius, like Nas is essentially was essentially a child prodigy. Let's see when did this so ninety four. How old was okay? Let's okay. How old was Nas in nineteen ninety two? Oh God, I got it. <laughs> I got to do this math in real time. So he he's 49. So, okay, this is what we'll do. We'll do 1990, 92 minus 1973. So he was 19. So you got to think he was, he was rapping before the album came out. He's, he's a child prodigy. He puts out Illmatic, which is arguably one of the greatest hip hop albums ever made. If not the greatest hip hop album ever made, possibly the greatest debut album ever made. The greatest hip hop debut album. These are these are what this is what people who know way more about hip hop than I do. But that's what it's 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 up there. And for him to be around at 
he'll be 50 in September. That's amazing. I don't think he, I don't, I mean, and all that pressure because, oh, wasn't as good. He doesn't know how to pick beats. I used to joke around and say, like, Jennifer Aniston picks movies like Nas picks beats. I used to say that. But did I not, like, that doesn't mean that I don't think Jennifer Aniston isn't talented. That doesn't mean that I didn't think Nas was talented. It was just like, pick some better beats. Talk to the, talk to the, talk to Currency. who He picks beats really well and he can rap. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think, um, and I think people will try to shit on it, but like, I, I think it's really good. I think it's really, he's, he's pushing the genre forward. He's not really like resting on his laurels. He's talking about, he's not trying to sound like he's young. He's it's, it's just good. It's just really, just really good music. And it makes me want to go back to his other stuff. I just have to get in that mode where I'm playing a game like Madden or 2K and just vibing out to his shit. You know? Because now, like, I've just kind of, in recent months, I've been, like, listening to more music again. Where I would, you know, I always talk about how I just kind of listen to podcasts and all that jazz uh, more than I do anything else. I don't know if it's just me getting old, but you know, I still love the Muzak. But anyway, I think this album's terrific. Nas is terrific. I, I, I think, I guess just in this day and age, it's just not, I, I don't know if it's the rollout. Like I just kind of found out that it was coming out, you know, a couple days ago. And sometimes that's cool when it's just like, Oh, I don't have to anticipate. It's just going to be out Friday and I can listen to it. Some of that's kind of, I, I I'm not going to, I wouldn't, I'd be lying to you if I said that I didn't miss those days of like going to the store and picking something like this up and listening to it. But it's just different times. I think it's, I think it's really good. I I just, it's remarkable. We've never seen anything like this before. And I'll go to my grave saying that at that moment in time, we had never seen people do this. Like, I've, I've seen people take like a lot of time off and, and come back and do stuff. People who I won't name people who like I've seen perform and it's been like a little disappointing. Uh, even though they're like some of my favorite artists. But I just look at Nas from like 94 to 2023. Like 94, 96, 99, 99, 2001, 2002, 2004, 06, four years, 08, four years. But that's that's not bad. Four, six years between Life is Good and Nasir. And none of these albums have been like shit yeah you're gonna have some that you like more than others but like with this run here this this five album run that's it's pretty fucking amazing man so that's 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 all i'll say about that so that is oh shit i gotta talk i gotta talk about oppenheimer i'll briefly talk about oppenheimer 
and I'll, you know, so this is this is what we'll do. I'll read you the letterbox blurb and I'll talk about it a little bit. And we'll maybe go into a little more depth with a, a guest, uh, maybe on Patreon or wherever. Um, let me do the, the Google blurb looks like it's a little more extensive. Let's do this one. During World War II, Lieutenant General Leslie Groves Jr. appoints physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer to work on the top secret Manhattan Project. Oppenheimer and a team of scientists spend years developing and designing the atomic bomb. Their work comes to fruition on July 16, 1945, as they witness the world's first nuclear explosion, forever changing the course of history. This is uh, Christopher Nolan joint. I give it four stars for like the spectacle of it all. I wouldn't, I'd be lying to you if I said I low key almost dozed off towards the end, but I, it's just cause of me li- getting up early probably not sleeping well, probably should have got a Coke. It was still good. It made all this scientific, it made it all the scientific physicist talk palatable for a lay a lay person like me i think i'm a pretty smart guy but i'm not gonna act like i know everything that they're talking about for them for it really to be like dudes talking in rooms he made it pretty compelling with the score the cinematography cillian murphy's eyes oh my god and uh yeah it was it was it was very good. Stylistically, I, I, it, it reminded me of The Social Network. It makes me want to watch The Social Network again because I think at the like Social Network, uh, he's... Was Zuckerberg is being... Uh, is Zuckerberg... Is he on trial in that? Not necessarily on trial, but is he, is he being deposed because uh, it makes me want to go back and watch that uh, how do you oh crap because it takes place during a couple of different periods in his life um, stumped by his girlfriend but I thought he was being anyway it did remind me of that because it's definitely going back in time and jumping around a lot like Christopher Nolan uh, does you could tell it's one of his movies and there's a one character thinks that another character was talking shit about him but it was was like dude this shit wasn't even about you um, you know the nice little reveals that Nolan likes to do at the end of end of his films um for the spectacle see this in IMAX in whatever LIMAX format you can see it in because it's worth it just like I thought nope was is this more a more of a grandiose film than nope as far as it being an IMAX flick yes but it's worth it's definitely worth seeing in IMAX or the biggest screen that you could you could see it in. Um, yeah, I I really did enjoy it. And I think Nolan is just, I mean, a generational talent. Um, 
I would assume maybe uh, there was some there's some shit in there that I was like, why are they, why are they doing that? Uh, okay, but I would say this is definitely worth it's it's definitely worth seeing in the theater. So if you're a Christopher Nolan fan, if you're a fan of like the spectacle of it all, it's it's definitely worth seeing, um, and it's worth it's worth your money. Uh, just make sure you, you've taken a nap, you've had coffee, you've had Coke. I'm not a coffee guy, but I I think it was a little long in the tooth. The, the denouement, if you will, lasted a little too long. But then I, after one of the closing moments of the film, I was like, okay, I see why they did this, but it was a little drawn out, a little... Uh, it's just a little long in the tooth, but it's still a great film. Um, and I recommend seeing it if you, and, and for a guy like me, who's not a, not a big period piece guy, World War II, I am a Christopher Nolan guy. So, you know, I, I really did enjoy it. Um, and I think that's it. I think that is it for this week for episode 661, I believe. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you if you have friends in your life that make you feel good about yourself. Tell them thank you and uh, and be a good friend to them when they need you. And all that good stuff and be thankful for the good thing. When did this become a self-help podcast? Everybody, thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you all next time. Take it easy, everyone and everybody.